So I want to go through a couple of scriptures with us and just a few points, and then Shana is going to come up and share some practical things as well with us. But So you guys keeping an eye out for the bingo words, eh? Okay. So uh, we want to share a little bit of the vision for the year, and it's quite vague and it's probably quite broad, and a lot of it's not different from what we used to. I mean, the reality is our mission never changes. No matter the circumstances, no matter what we're going through, um, our mission has always been the same, and that's to go into all the world and to make disciples of all nations. It's to be witnesses, Jerusalem, to dear Samaria, ends of the earth. Um, it's to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons through the authority that Jesus has given us, and to make sure that every nation comes to a place of knowing Jesus. So our mission stays the same, and I want to remind us that uh, our Christology, or our revelation of Jesus, determines our missiology. So our revelation of Jesus is what determines our mission. Uh, our missiology determines our ecclesiology. So what that means is our mission determines how we do church. Is how we do this is determined by the mission. And the mission never shifts. So this might change, but basically it's always to fulfill the same mission and the same mandate that we've been given from the beginning. And lastly, our ecclesiology determines our eschatology. So it's in our outworking of how we do church is the way in which we expect the end to come. And we know Matthew 24, 14, I think it is, or 14, 24, I'm not, I can't remember the thing, but it talks about the fact that the end will come when every nation has heard the gospel message. So that is our mission, is to take this message out and the beginning and the end starts with Jesus. So for us, our mission remains to know Jesus and to make him known. In everything that we do, that's our governing factor. So it determines how we do things, what we do, when we do it, is being in a place where we get to know him more and being in a place where, as a result, others get to know him more because we are intentional in revealing it. Um, I was chatting to, to John earlier and he was talking about some, just some new people in the area, people he's doing some business with, and how there's a need for them to, to plug into community. How are we reaching the lost and what are we doing? So we've been praying through this and, and we feel there's a bit of a prophetic word that's come through. And this prophetic word is actually based on a scripture that Charnay received probably just over a year ago. I think it was even in 2021 when it came through from a guy that she went to school with. His mom-in-law gave us a prophetic word over a venue over a year ago. And it was Micah 7 verse 11 and it says, A day for the building of your walls, in that day the boundary shall be far extended. And she just felt that there was something prophetic in that for us to work through. And it's a scripture that we've held on to. And it's a scripture that we don't know at what point it will be fully realized. But as we were preparing for the vision, this was the, the, the passage of scripture that came to mind. And, and we've worked through this. I've worked through the whole book of Micah. And there's some incredible encouragements and words for us in there. But this morning, I want to share from verse, seven to, I mean from verse 11 to 15 and just take out a few things that I feel God's sharing with us prophetically as Adventure Church. Do you guys get that, eh? Adventure. And church. Oh, yes. So, 
It says from verse 11, A day for building your walls, in that day the boundary shall be far extended. In that day they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, from Egypt to the river and from the sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. But the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants for the fruit of their deeds. It goes on to say in verse 14, Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, to dwell alone in a forest and in the midst of a garden land. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of old, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt. I will show them marvelous things. Just love how that ends. As in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. God's going to be doing something incredible. And I wanted to break this up into four portions. And, and verse 11 to 12 is Jesus is building his church. The reality is the venues in his hands. The, the people are in his hands. In that day they will come to you. God's going to send us people. And these people are not going to be just from in this area. They're not going to be just from this catchment area. But the beautiful thing about the place where we've positioned ourselves is this is an area that attracts people from far and wide. We've got families moving in here from all over the country. We've even got a lot of people which we've met who are moving back from overseas and they are settling in this region. So we've started to see, I mean, when we went surfing on Saturday last week, we met that, that family that had just arrived back from England. And they were South Africans who had moved over to England and they felt that their time to come back was here. So they've been brought back from sea to sea. And, and that for me is just such an incredible promise from the king to say, I built my church. Matthew 16, 18, and it says to Peter, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, the revelation of who I am, our Christology, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is going to gather from all over. And I also feel that there's something of the fact that he's going to bring apostolic input from places that we least expected it to come and bring encouragement over this body. That people are going to come in and we're going to be like, where are you from? But they're going to have prophetic words. I was sitting on Thursday, Wednesday night, and I was trying to work through some work stuff. Everyone had gone to bed. We had had uh, my brother-in-law here, so it was the first gap that I had gotten to do some work that I was busy with. And it was about quarter past ten, and a friend of ours sent us a prophetic word. And I tell you, it is such an incredible word in season. Out of nowhere, not knowing anything that's going on in our lives right now, this random prophetic word comes through. And it's encouraging. It's, it's something that we can hold on to. It set the tone for a couple of days that we've gone through some challenges. And this is something that we've held on to because God's spoken ahead of time. It says here, And I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which tells us that we're going to be facing opposition in what we're doing. But the promise is... <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! Hey, well done, guys. So, so one of the things that Shanae put together this morning is some key words that the kids have to identify to get bingo while I'm preaching. So, well done, guys. That's amazing. There you go. Look at that. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, but the reality is we are going to face opposition in what we're doing. And 
that is something that we are, must be prepared for and can't be surprised at. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is he gives us the promise ahead of time to say, but in the opposition, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Because if he's truly building his church, he cannot help but bring a victorious advancement of his kingdom, irrespective of the opposition that we face. Verse 13, but the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants for the fruit of their deeds. I don't know when in a time in history that the world has been this desperate for a savior. Identity is something that has been lost, misunderstood, and is causing absolute havoc where people don't actually know the value of who they've been called to be. People are incredibly broken and incredibly confused and fighting battles because they are yet to realize the Savior. And at this point, God starts speaking to us. This is a challenge to us at Adventure Church. Verse 14, Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. If you look out of where we are with the green belt that's around us, what an incredible description of the region that God sent us. Who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of the garden land. Let them graze in Bashan. Now Bashan means the fruitful place. If you look at the fruitfulness around us, one of the things that we've loved about moving to this area is we get to experience the fruitfulness. Even in the middle of winter, it's, it's more green than Joburg is in summer. In their rainy season. There's something about the greenery of this place. But here God's challenging us. Shepherd your people. He brings them and entrusts them to us. So that's how they become our people. It says with your staff. Now a staff is not there to smack a person. A staff was there to gently guide the sheep. The only time the staff... I work in an industry where we deal with shafts all the time. So that's our mechanical shaft seals. But where your staff is used in aggression is to protect the sheep from the enemy. That's where the staff was used to actually wield and to hit. So he's saying, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance. There's something for us in the inheritance that we are busy building in this region. I think of Kenny and Maureen LaRue who planted Destiny Life out in Stanger and how 23, 24 years ago they used to walk on these grounds trusting for God to send a church. There's something of their inheritance on this place. As they, as a church, were contending for a church plant and the moment we come to plant here they say, this is the thing that we've been praying for for 24 years. We've got friends of ours who, who have a church in, in, in Chicago and they went and looked for a building and they found a hardware store which they converted into a church building and the owners of the hardware store said they had been praying for the day when there would be a church in that place. They used to walk through and contend over that building. That's become the, the effectively the, the meeting hub in America for all the NCMI equips and all the gatherings are in that place. But there was a faithful family who used to contend over it. Cornerstone Church in, in Johannesburg, the Smith family had a farm and, and they looked upon, they were having sitting in their lapa one day and they looked upon a piece of land and said, this is destined to be a church. And, and when um, Leon van Dahl came through there, they said, here you go, here's a piece of land. We've been contending over this land 
for a church to be here. There's something of an inheritance when we shepherd our flock well. And then it goes on to say, actually before I get there, the purpose of shepherding is to tend, to feed, to guide, to lead into a direction and to protect. And that's not something that's just entrusted to me because I lead at Adventure Church. That's something that's entrusted to us. Are we prepared to shepherd the flock? To tend to the flock. That means when they're hurting and broken, are we going to go out and are we going to make ourselves available to be there and to encourage and to lift up? Are we going to be there to feed them? And I think that's a, a, it's a, a, a physical and a spiritual feeding. We're going to take care of the basic needs of the people around us and make sure that if they're in need, we're going to bless them. But we're also going to go there and speak life over them so that they can be fed. Are we going to guide them? Bumped into a friend of ours this last week who's moved to this area. And he's a guy that we've known for many years, but be amazing to just speak life over him. New to the area. Come in and be a part of what we're doing. The, the thing about vision is it gives us the boundaries in which we work so that we can lead people in a direction. And again, we don't lay down our vision for our lives for the vision of Adventure Church. We lay down our vision for our lives to take up God's vision for our lives. God's vision for what he's busy with. And then to protect the sheep. Are we here to protect the people around us? To look after them? To, to engage with them? To love them? To honor them? And then lastly it says in verse 15, As in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. This is the promise of the manifestation of His presence through the Holy Spirit because the miraculous is the byproduct of the manifest presence of God. So we're not here just trusting for incredible signs and wonders. I trust we will see incredible signs and wonders. But that has to be as a byproduct of the King being here and us pursuing Him. Us giving freedom to Holy Spirit to work in our meetings, to work in our hearts, to lead us, to guide us, knowing that He's the one that empowers us to do what we've been called to do. And in all of this, we have to recognize that Jesus is the chief shepherd and our ability to do this is an overflow of our relationship with him. So in everything that we're doing, this is not works so that we can earn his affection, so that we can grow in, in, in our relationship with him. It works as a byproduct of our relationship with him. It comes with him empowering us and giving us the capacity to do what we've been called to do because he says that he's planned good works for us beforehand that we should walk into them. So how do we do this? And I've, I've put together five steps and what we will do is over our prayer times during our fasting, we're going to break up into these five steps and we're going to be praying into and contending for practical wisdom in the outworking of this. So the first one is build community. I feel for the last two years we've been building foundation, but now we need to be intentional in building community. Reaching new families, and this is across all races, Across all ages, I, I really felt, feel that God's doing something that is multi-generational and cross-cultural in this place. I'm trusting this year, and I have such a burden on my heart that we're going to see an influx of retirement village people coming into our church. 
and that they're going to find purpose and see life in what they've got to offer as they come and bring an equipping over, over people. I want to link up the younger and the older together and see what God does. This includes strengthening current church relationships. Ruth, I love the, the idea of during load shedding, getting together for a bride. We said that we couldn't make it, but I love that it happened. What an incredible thing. That's strengthening current church relationships and providing a platform for new families to come in and be a part of what we're doing. Free from pressure, free from, from uh, feeling maybe almost like the spotlight sits on them. It's a safe space for them to come in and realize that this is an incredible place to be. Number two, we need to be intentional in making disciples. That's our mission. So how do we reach the lost in and around Palm Lakes and Tinley Manor and then raise them up? And that comes through relationship. It's a byproduct of relationship. So it's being intentional with those around us and recognizing, hey, who is it that I can go in and reach? And that's not making a person a project, but that's loving people because that's what we're called to do. A friend of mine once said, he said, there might not be enough churches to reach everyone in this region, talking of the KZN, he's an elder at Glenridge Church. He said, but there is enough dining room, or there are enough dining room tables. So how do we open our dining rooms? How do we open the bra areas and invite people into our lives in those places? Number three is releasing gifts. And, and I feel that we're going to go through a season of harnessing the diversity of gifts that we have. And I feel that God's going to add to us and he's going to add uniqueness of gifts as well. And from that, we're going to equip one another. There's going to be a cross-pollination of where people are gifted in an area. The purpose of the fivefold gifting is to equip the saints to do the work of the saints. So there's this ability to speak life over and if you're a natural evangelist like John is, he gives insight into how do we evangelize? How do we reach people? How do we get them to a place of knowing Jesus? Number four is releasing leaders, recognizing the leadership mandate, raising and equipping leaders. Now this is something that every single one of us should be maturing in and recognizing that each one of us has a leadership role somewhere in life. As we interact with the people in our families, as we, we, we raise children, as we fulfill functions in jobs, as we meet in this church, we have a leadership role. If there's a new visitor that walks in here, our responsibility is to lead them. How do we do that? By making them feel at home. By letting them know that they're welcome. By making sure that they feel a part of what we're busy with. That's leading. So we need to be recognizing the leadership mandate that we have. And that is one, acknowledging that we are a leader. I remember old Dom when uh, Cam came in and spoke at the youth. And he goes home and he says, Mom, I recognize that I can be a leader. Even now at my age, I can be a leader. We need to be acknowledging that we are leaders. And within that, we need to know then, how do we mature in our leadership? And as Adventure Church, we want to be intentional in raising and equipping leaders. Especially since a lot of the people that are going to be coming here, this is not their final destination. They're going to be here for a season. So how do we release them into something new, equipped and fruitful, ready for the new season? I'm trusting that 
people coming here will be equipped and we'll open up nations. Where we will see that not only the lost but the unreached are being met. Because people are coming here, something of the call of God manifests in their heart. They are raised and they are released into regions where they are the unreached. The unreached, they reckon, is they hear the name of Jesus once every 30 years. So we make the distinction between the lost and the unreached. And I'm trusting we're going to open nations that are unreached. And in all of this, we want to have meetings, but meetings with purpose. So we want to be intentional with the meetings that we have. And not just meet for the sake of meeting, but be intentional. How does our meeting impact on on our vision? We're not going to just tick boxes to say a church has to have this ministry, this ministry, this ministry, so therefore we're going to implement these ministries. We're going to tick the box to make sure that we are now fulfilling the mandate of a church, but we're going to inquire of God and say, Lord, what are the things that you want us to do? How do we open our homes? Strategically, what are we going to be doing in opening our homes? How do we open up our, our hobbies to those around us? Love looking at the, the surfing group that I'm a part of and... and uh, you get the messages, come together, let's go, let's go surfing. That's inviting people into our lives. It's an incredible opportunity. And then lastly, number five is just apostolic input and apostolic trips. So firstly, we've already got a few people that we've invited for the year. Um, a couple of people that I think are going to be amazing. We have Kenny and Maureen LaRue are going to be coming through. Um, we've got Hilton and Risa Rose, an incredible prophetic couple. They were here with us last year. Uh, they're going to be coming through. Um, uh, Marcus and Adele Herbert, who lead Cornerstone Church. We've got uh, Vanna and Taryn, uh, who lead. They planted a church in Cape Town. They currently lead a site in, in Cornerstone. Um, we've, we've got uh, Dolly. Uh, Dolly is an incredible lady. Her and her husband were on eldership at HCF. Her husband passed away during COVID, and then a year later, her son was swept out to sea out at Leisure Bay, and she's going to come share her testimony with us, an incredible lady of faith, and it's amazing. I met with a guy who used to be a Dwemini in Freyheit, who had retired. He's friends with uh, a friend of ours from the retirement village, and I met with him the one day, and he happened to be there on the beach the day that Elijah was swept out to sea. And when he got there, and he said, and he saw this lady on the beach waiting for the sea rescue guys to search for the body of her son. He watched her worship, and he's never in his life witnessed a person do this before. Incredible how her testimony is far-reaching and has come back just to encourage. So we're going to have apostolic input and I'm trusting that the apostolic input is going to just stir us up. It's going to ignite something in us. It's going to equip us so that we are prepared for the things that we have to do. But then second to it, we get the privilege of fulfilling that apostolic mandate ourselves. Last year in December, we went across to Riversong Church in Mandini and we had an opportunity to encourage them to speak life over them. I've got two trips into Kenya this year, so if it's something that's on your heart, let's chat, let's start looking at the logistics, let's see how we trust for the finances and the provision to come in. But I'll be spending probably about three weeks in total 
this year in Kenya uh, across different regions. If anyone's keen to come alongside, what an amazing opportunity to see a different nation and to go and bless them. There's one or two other trips I'm hoping to try and piggyback on into KZN region so that we can maybe go for a weekend, but it's within two hours of where we are. So I'm trying to make things available that we can step out and be a blessing, not just at home, but that we can start to reach our Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth as well. And then lastly, we need to be intentional in making room for Jesus and Holy Spirit to lead us, empower us and anoint us so that we can be effective for the King and His Kingdom. Is that, is that okay? You guys happy with that? So we're going to be going into our time of prayer and fasting so that we can get strategy about how do we realize these points. That they're not just points on a, on, a, on a page, but that we can start to live them out. And this is not a pressure thing. It's not a thing that's going to come with a heaviness where you think, oh, I don't have the time or the energy or the inclination to, to work harder. This is just being obedient to God and allowing Him to do some things through us. And I trust that we are going to be incredibly blessed in the process. And, and, and my prayer for us is that when we look back at the end of this year, we will have seen the walls broken down and momentum that has carried us as we've added to the number. Church is not about numbers and the success of a church is not determined by numbers. Success of a church is being obedient to who Jesus is and allowing Him to lead us and guide us. And if we cannot measure that, it's okay. But we go back to the word of the ultimate and we be faithful in just gaining ground. Faithful in taking, taking this kingdom and, and being available for what God has to do.